Uh, we're going to continue our series today on the book of Colossians. John started off with Colossians 1 last week, and I'm going to be speaking on Colossians chapter 2. And then Imogen, um, some of you, or many of you might not know Imogen, Charlie and Imogen uh, have been part of our church for years, but they work away, um, but they live, they have a house in Halston, and Imogen is going to come and finish off the book of Colossians next week uh, and look at chapters 3 and 4. So my, my, my focus today and my thought today is going to come out of a phrase that we're going to read in a moment. And, and in Colossians chapter 2, it says this, in one of, one of the little phrases, it says, continue to live your lives in him. Continue to live your lives in him. The book of Colossians is one of the smallest of Paul's epistles, yet it is packed with amazing truths. Absolutely jam-packed. Tom Wright, the theologian, says of Colossians, Colossians shows us who Jesus really is and how we can live in the world by being transformed by his love. That's worth repeating. Colossians shows us who Jesus really is and how we can live in the world by being transformed by his love. There is a recur- there's a recurring theme in this little book, just four chapters long, and the recurring phrase that you find quite a lot throughout this little book is these two words, in Christ or in him, meaning Christ. There is a real centrality to the book of Colossians about being in Christ right throughout this epistle. In fact, in the first two chapters, Paul speaks really highly of this church and who they are in Christ. The the slides will come up. I know Pete's going to follow. But in chapter 1, we read these verses. Paul says this to the church. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all of God's people. The faith and the love that spring up from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. And then we come to chapter 2, which is where I'm going to focus And verse 5, Paul talks to this church in the Colossian region and he says, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit. And listen to this. And I delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. How encouraging it must have been to have those kind of words spoken over you as a church Let's just break some of those phrases down just to remind ourselves what Paul said over the church. Here we go. They're coming up right now. Your faith in Christ Jesus, the love you have for all of God's people, the gospel is bearing fruit among you since the day you heard it. I delight to see how disciplined you are, how firm your faith is in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty good church, doesn't it? Sounds like a kind of church that was growing It was like serious about their faith. It sounds like a church that was committed to reaching out. It sounds like a church that was really building the whole of their community around the person of Jesus Christ. Great, great stuff. 
And then we come a little bit further in chapter 2, and I'm going to focus on just one phrase this morning that is from from verse 6 to 7. So let's read uh, Colossians chapter 2, and I'm just going to focus on one phrase here. Verse 6, it says this. In In the light of all that Paul has just said, he says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. What a great phrase this is. Just as you received Christ, continue to live your lives in him. Such a simple statement, yet so easily missed. And so my question, I want to just pose, and you can answer it out loud if you like, because I think before we talk about continuing living in him, and we're going to look at another little phrase in those two verses in a minute. Here's the question. Because Paul says, just as you receive Christ. So the question is, how did we receive Christ? Are we nervous or don't we know? Or don't we know? How did we receive Christ? Go on, say it louder, Bar. By faith. We received Christ through faith. Ephesians 2, verse 8 says, through grace... No, sorry, by grace you are saved through faith. Faith was the gateway of you receiving Jesus Christ. In other words, there was a moment in your life where you put your faith in him. So faith is the the word or is is the vehicle by which we received Christ. So when Paul says to this church in Colossians, just as you received Christ, continue to live your lives in him, There is an indicator there, isn't there, that we need to continue living our lives in him through faith. Absolutely. And I think, if I'm honest, in all of the epistles and all the writings of Paul, I think this is one of the most important statements that Paul makes in all of his letters. There's a verse coming up in Romans that says this. Romans 1 verse 17 says this. For in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Now here's a little knowledge for us this morning. That little phrase on the, in that verse where it says, by faith from first to last, the literal Greek meaning of the phrase first to last, if you, if you look into the Strong's Um, Greek meaning of that little phrase, it literally means from faith to faith. So that verse could read like this. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith, from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteousness will live by faith. In other words, what that means is this. We start with faith, we continue with faith, and we finish with faith. How, How good is that? That when you become a Christian, you put your faith in God. 
You start there. But so easily, what happens to so many of us, and it's happened to me on numerous occasions in my life, I start in a place of faith, and gradually over time, a bit like the frog in hot water, we end up living out our faith through human effort. How many of us have been guilty of that? We start in a place of faith. Jesus, I put my faith in you. And then over a period of time, and, and, it, and it's like it doesn't happen overnight. It's just such a gradual process. We start to work out our faith with human effort. It is so easily done, and it's probably happened to most of us. We desperately try to work things out by ourselves. And so rather than leaning into Jesus through faith every day, and it's easier said than done, we're drawn into a kind of vortex where we feel we have to work it all out by ourselves. And I could give you example after example in my own life when I look back in my Christian faith where I've, I've lost the focus of living by faith. I've stopped continuing to live in him and I've tried to work out my situation. I've tried to work out a, a, a kind of season of my life by myself. And what happens is this. It changes the way I think. It changes and affects the way I approach things. And we end up, just as Paul states there, I'm taken captive so easily by an empty philosophy. I'm drawn into things that depend on human traditions. I'm drawn into things that depend on human strength. I'm drawn into things that, uh, that I'm drawn into by human ways rather than my focus being on Christ. And that's not God's best for us. But we do it so easily time and time again. And so my, my kind of short, short message this morning and my focus right now is this. And, it's, and I'm going to give you a little takeaway thing to do this week at the end of my talk. How do we make sure that we continue to live in a place of faith? Because Paul says, just as you have received Christ, continue to live in him. And so my question to us this morning is, how do we make sure we continue to live in a place of faith? Well... The clue is in the next little bit of that verse, where it says in, two, two, in Colossians 2, verse 6, it says, rooted and built up in him. Rooted and built up in him. That's what we've just read. And so I want to focus a little bit on making sure that we root ourselves in faith today. And I'm going to talk about one specific thing that we can do that will help us root ourselves in faith. I went to this garden centre a number of years ago and I spent a significant amount of money on a really nice perennial plant. And I put it, pride of place, in my garden. Dug the soil out, plonked it in, filled the soil back and was quite excited about what this plant was going to look like in, in a few years' time. And it started off so well. And then after a few months... I noticed that the leaves started to go quite brown around the edges. The flowers didn't come through on this particular plant that I'd bought. And I went back to this garden centre and I said, look, I spent about 40 quid on this plant. And it's not working. And do you know what he said to me? What did you plant it in? And I thought, duh, the soil. <laughs> I didn't plant it in concrete. He said, what sort of soil did you plant it in? 
because I told him what plant it was. And he said this to me, and if you're a gardener here this morning, you'll probably know what I'm going to say. He said, you need to plant that plant in ericaceous soil. The roots were dying because they were not planted in the right environment. I needed a soil that had a bit of acidity. So do you know what I did? I dug the plant up, I filled the hole full of ericaceous soil, and guess what? The plant looks wonderful now. It's the pride of the corner of my garden. But the reason it was going brown and the reason it was dying around the edges because it was planted in the wrong environment. Psalm 1, David says these words. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. And then this is what it says. That man or that woman is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord and on his law meditates. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is a, well Joshua chapter 1 is a great chapter of the Bible. Moses has, has died, he's not there anymore. And Joshua comes in as the new leader to take God's people into the promised land. And if you've read Joshua 1, you will know that Joshua 1 has this little phrase on four occasions where God says to Joshua, be strong and very courageous. But in verse 8 of Joshua chapter 1, God says this to him, keep the book of the law always on your lips, says this, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Notice that in both of those verses, in Psalm 1 and in Joshua chapter 1, the word of the Lord comes to us and it says, meditate on the law of the Lord. If you meditate on God's word, you will be like a plant, you will be like someone who's been planted by the stream. Meditate on the law, on the word of the Lord. And so, my last slide this morning is this, meditation. Do you know, every time I read that word in the Bible, I don't know why it's, it's just me, I think, right? I'm always reminded of Roy Castle when he used to sing that song, Dedication. And I kind of want meditation, boom, boom, boom. How many, some of you are sitting there thinking, what on earth are you talking about? How many of you can remember Roy Castle? Record breakers, yeah, great. At least some people do. Okay, meditation, that's what you need. If you want to be the best, meditation is what you need. Okay, and, and here's the thing, coming back to Colossians chapter 2 where it says, since you have received Christ, continue to live in him, we receive Jesus through faith. Let me say that, that faith and the word of God are intrinsically linked. Many Christians whose faith is weak is because they've not immersed themselves in the word of God and you become weak, you're not strong. The word of God 
and faith are so intrinsically linked. If you want to be a strong Christian today and you want to have an active, everyday faith, we've got to learn to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. And Psalm 1 talks about meditation. Joshua talks about meditation. I'm sure many of us here this morning have got a Bible reading program, and it's great, isn't it? Some of us have done the Bible in a year. We've got, we're on version, and we do different like, kind of Bible reading programs. And if you're on version and you're friends with certain people in the church, you need to make sure that you keep up to date with your, your version reading plan, because I know Michelle Clark's going to notice tomorrow morning if I've missed my Bible reading. In fact, she commented on one of mine on New Year's Eve. She said, well done, because I've just finished the Bible in a year. But I'm a day behind on my current one right now. And, and I know, I know, shocking. So I've got to read it. But there is, there is a difference between just reading the Bible, and that is super important. But there's something really powerful about meditating. And, we're gonna, and I want to I finish by just spending a few moments on this, on this word meditate. Because I believe if we're going to continue to live in him and we are being rooted and built up in him, I think meditation is a really, really important thing that we can all learn to do. One of the ways the enemy wants to weaken us is to affect the way we think. How many of us have struggled with our thought process? And how many of us maybe have laid awake at night and our minds have gone into overtime with anxiety, fear, worry, and the enemy loves that, you know? I've been guilty of that off and on in my life. And so one of the ways he wants to weaken you and weaken me is to affect the way we think. He wants to get us to be, become preoccupied with other things. The way he does this, I think, or one of the key ways that he does this is to keep our relationship with God's word superficial and secondary in our lives. And so meditating on the Bible shapes our thoughts. Meditating on the Bible will shape our perspective. It will shape our actions and our habits. It molds us in in invisible ways that go far beneath the surface. And there are, in, 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 the, in the original Hebrew of this word meditate, if you look at Psalm 1 and Joshua 1, and you then look at the literal Hebrew meaning of the word meditate, the language of the Old Testament means that when you meditate, you mutter or you ruminate. You mutter or you ruminate. And so two images arise here, don't they? Muttering and ruminating. Let me explain. The first gives us an image of a person who is walking around muttering under their breath as if, he's, as if he cannot stop obsessing over a thought. We always think of muttering under our breath as a negative, don't we? You know, have you, have you ever said to your children, don't you keep muttering? Or, you know, speak up. And you hear people, they mutter. Funny word, isn't it, mutter? Especially when you're from Norfolk, mutter. <laughs> Funny old word that, isn't it, mutter? But have you, ever, have you ever like found people who just keep muttering? That's so annoying. But, the, but, the, but one, of the, one of the words for the word meditate here is this thing muttering. It's like somebody walking around muttering under their breath as if they're obsessed with this thought process. But here's, here's the positive that we can spin on that, right? You know, we've, we've talked a little bit this morning about sometimes we go through times in our lives where we get like fearful and full of anxiety and all that kind of stuff. 
Imagine if you started walking around muttering these words. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then you're facing a situation in your day. Maybe you've got some surgery coming up or you've got, you're going to the dentist or you've got some financial stuff going on in your life or you're worried about one of your children or you've, you, you, maybe you've lost your job or whatever, whatever you're going through and you're feeling that sort of rise of anxiety and fear start to well up in, in your life and you start to mutter. You start to mutter. The Lord is the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Do you know what happens? That when you start muttering or meditating on the word of God, things shift. Things start to change. When we're going through times of, of concern in our lives and we just start to mutter the promises of God. We start to mutter the truths of the Psalms. We start to mutter the truth of his word. We start to meditate. We become obsessed with little phrases in the word. The Lord is my shepherd. I have no need of want. You know, the Lord... I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we start to meditate and we start to keep muttering under our breath. We become meditatively obsessed with the word of God. And it starts to change our thought processes. And then it starts to change our habits and our actions. And when all of a sudden, something starts to rise in our spirit and starts to rise in our heart. And it ignites us to a different way of thinking. Wow. So let's learn to meditate. Let's learn to mutter the word of God. So if you're a mutterer, all right, start muttering the word of God. Find a little Bible verse this week and keep repeating it. If you're going through a situation in your life, find a suitable scripture and just walk around when you're washing up or you're doing the garden or whatever you're doing. Just mutter the word of God into your life. Start to immerse your spirit. Meditate on the word. It's really easy, actually. We can all do that. So that's the first image. The second image is this. It's the whole, that word ruminate. It's the image of a cow chewing the cud. We've all probably seen that, haven't we? Did you know that a cow has one stomach but with four main sections to it? And the first section of a cow's stomach is, a, is called the rumen, which is where we get our word ruminate. Maybe you didn't know that, okay? But that's the first section. And a cow, when it, when it eats grass, it chews and it chews and it chews and it chews. And eventually, that grass goes down into the first section of the stomach called the rumen. And then, this is going to be horrible, he regurgitates it all up. And he chews and he chews and he chews. And then he swallows it again and it goes down into the second section of his stomach and the process is repeated, and he regurgitates, and then he chews again, and it goes into the third. He, chews, he regurgitates, chews again, and eventually it finds its place in the fourth chamber of the, of the stomach of the cow. And if you were to photograph the, 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 the leftovers of the grass in the, stomach's cat, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the stomach of the cow, you would discover this. It would be pure white. Because he's chewed it and chewed it and chewed it, and it's, it's, he's taken all the flavor out of it, all the color out of it, and he's just regurgitated it and chewed it. And there's something about meditating on the Word of God where we chew and we chew and we chew and we chew, and then we bring it up and we chew it again and we regurgitate it up and we chew it again. And I want to encourage of us chew the Word of God, keep chewing it over. 
You know, we, we chew over a lot of stuff in life, don't we? How many of us chew over our anxieties too much? Gosh, don't we? How many of us chew over our worries, our concerns? Gosh, I get so trapped into that blooming way of thinking sometimes. We chew over a lot of stuff in our lives. How about start to chew over the Word of God? Mutter it and ruminate. So meditating is the practice of muttering and ruminating the Scriptures, the Word of God. I think meditating is the best way to internalize God's Word in our lives. And so as I just finished this morning, I just want to come back to that phrase from, from Colossians 2. Just as you received Christ, continue to live your lives in him. How do we do that? We become rooted and built up through the word of God because we received the message of Christ through faith. And faith comes through hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith and the word of God are intrinsically linked. You'll never have a strong faith if you don't feed yourself on the word of God. It is so important. And one of the best ways of getting the word of God into us is the simplicity of meditation. I think in the Christian world, we've always had a, sometimes a dim view of meditation because we've looked at some practices of meditation that are not healthy. And of course, there are practices of meditation that are not good for us. But the Bible tells us, delight yourself and meditate on the word of the Lord. And so my encouragement to us all this morning is that we will receive hope and purpose and a sense of God when we learn to meditate on his word. So my, my takeaway question this morning, and, and I haven't got a screen for this, so you're going to have to remember it, I apologize. Firstly, have a look at your life this week and ask yourself this question. What do you meditate on? What do you meditate on? Does it feed your soul or is it destructive to your soul? Does it do you good? Does it build you up? Does it bring you to a place of faith or does it pull you down? And I want to encourage all of us this morning. Let's continue as we have received Christ to live in him, being rooted and built up. Let's be men and women of God this week where we learn to meditate, we mutter and we ruminate on the word of God. So very practically and very simply, find some phrases in the Psalms this week Apply them to your personal situation and start to meditate on the word of God. I will guarantee that the more you do that, the more you will be strengthened and you will grow in the word and your faith will be enlarged and the capacity of your walk with Jesus will be increased. Amen. Thanks for listening.